With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. Um, PJ and this is JP. Uh, often mixed up on both counts, I'm pretty sure, as you take a wee sip out your Jaws mug, classic movie. Are we allowed to talk about movies and music today? Probably I think not, so. no. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. Um, there is plenty to discuss today, JP. And um, let's talk, let's dive right in. Topic number one. Celtics number one, because we were actually at the press conference yesterday, represented by Mr Anthony Haggerty, talking to the new goalie. Um, Signed up on a four-year deal from Dundee United. One of the guys, I'm sure most people will agree, um, an absolute standout. You know how, remember we signed Johnny Hayes, and he was probably the best player outside their own squad in Scottish football. You know, Seagrest is a wee bit like that, I think. He he was one of the guys who always stood out, JP. Um, 
The rumour has, has been circulating for a couple of weeks. He's penned the deal. But where does that leave us with goalies? Because I was looking at this. Joe Hart, uh, Benjamin Segrist, Scott Bain. We've got Connor Hazard and Barkas out on loan. And we've got Toby Oliver-Yemi. So we've actually still got six goalies on the books. And that's after Ross Duhan and Ryan Mullen have been released. Um, so we've got a plethora of goalies. Uh, I don't think anybody's in any doubt. He's been given a number one. Joha is the number one. What's the pecking order for you now? I mean, it's got. To, you'd imagine it's got to be Seagrest after, after Hart. But yeah, like you say, it's, he's been. He's always been that kind of guy. You know, whenever you go to play Dundee United, specifically at Tannadice, you're always like, oh well, they've got a good goalie. You know, like, that's the first thing that comes into your mind. You're like it's going to be a hard game or a harder game. Mm-hmm. Although we, we made a, a, a mockery of that last season when we took three off them at Tannadice. Yeah. We didn't yeah. do anything about that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've obviously not seen a lot of them outside the Celtic, uh, sorry, outside the Dundee United Celtic games. But, you know, he, he is well respected. There was other clubs in for him, whether one of them was Rangers or not, who knows. Um, I, you know, I'm just glad we've got somebody else that... I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be worried about him being in, in in goals for Celtic. You know, that's the big thing. That is the big thing. I, 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 just from from the little I've seen of him, I I, I, I think he's a good keeper. So, mm. um, and obviously going back to things that we said before about Ange Postecoglou signings, he's not really got a lot wrong yet, has he? No, no, um, no. You're right. So. Spot on. I mean, I, I think back ironically against Dundee United, where Joe Hart very early in the game. Remember, he had that strange um, it's seemingly an injury but he managed to, to do a number of stretches and he stayed on the park mm. and and I think there was a European game coming up uh, that midweek as well and you're looking at that situation JP going back to what you said there thinking I'm not confident in, in having Scott Bain but we're in a situation in the league where we could not drop a point I mean Ange has reiterated that since saying that from match day 7 we had to go on this run we had to you know we, we really couldn't blink we had to go on this run and you're looking at that game at Dundee United at home and thinking if, if uh, Joe Hart's out here it really could put a span on the works I just didn't have that faith in Scott Bain do you think that's unfair I mean it seems that Ange likes him he's been given a new deal himself last year for four years so um, is it unfair of me to say that I do remember a a very good performance at Ibrox that Scott Bain had mm. um, but and I don't know if it's because of last se- uh, two seasons ago maybe skewing my view of the mm. goalkeeper scenario and all the goalies who were there at the time is Scott Bain a decent backup are we being a bit unfair on him I don't think he's a bad keeper I mean I remember Scott Bain you know in the, in, in the, in the times before Celtic you know when he was at other clubs I always thought he was a good keeper you know like in a song started for him at Alloa, you know, Carly Simon, you're so vain, you know, you're Scott Bain. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not I'm not casting aspersions on him whether he's, he's a vain guy or whatever, but um, I saw him last week. Um, I didn't do a declan and go up and uh, bother him for a picture or anything. It was outside uh, one of Declan's haunts, Eusebi Deli, with, with Tom Rogic and uh, Ryan Christie, actually. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, they were they were hanging out. I think I think I think Scott being maybe being number one for Celtic is is a bit far far fetched to think, but I don't think he's a bad keeper. It's, I guess it's up to him whether or not he wants to be a squad member at Celtic or a mm. first team player because he, he clearly could be a first team keeper somewhere else, either in Scotland or or maybe 
maybe championship or something like that because he's he's a he has a good keeper, but he clearly likes the environment at Celtic and he's comfortable and no doubt well compensated. So seems I mean, a popular member of the the team yeah, as well, yeah, JP. Definitely, it would seem that way. Yeah, uh, just well, just from seeing that last week, I'm hanging out with. Rogic and Christie, although both of them now are ex-Celtic players, which is ah. quite mad to think. You still think of them as being Celtic players. I know, I know. And I've said before, I, I think Christie would have really flourished under Ange. Um, but I, I'm thinking also to the situation we were in, remember with Zaluska coming in from Dundee United. Oh, yeah. Really, really impressed. Similar to uh, Seagrass, really impressed. He came in, uh, I, I mean, listen... I might be wrong, but I bet he played about 20 games in something like four mm. or five seasons. And some goalkeepers are quite happy to do that, JP, you know, to be that backup, knowing that, um, you know, at the end of their career, because they're not getting the same rigours week in, week out, they will probably extend their career at the end of their career. Mm. They play um, into their 40s uh, a lot of the time as well. I don't think Seagrest has that attitude. I really don't think he's got that view. Um, I found it interesting that uh, he worked with Martin O'Neill at Aston Villa as well in his earlier career um, and I just think he probably is a, a, an ambitious um, goalkeeper but listen to the podcast because we'll fire it out tonight uh, on the all the audio channels actually we'll probably put it up on YouTube as well um, where the fan media representatives um, were able to to speak to to Ben um, or Benji it's Ben now isn't it it's Ben he's changed his name like since signing for who Celtic. else has done that who else has done that right so we've had Mark Viduka Mm-hmm. Marco. Previously, Marco. Um, I, I get why he did that. Obviously, when you look at his background and that as well. Um, but who else has done it? There's been a few. Remember, Andy Cole became Andrew Cole. Yeah, and then and well. then released and then released a single as I think as Andrew Cole. Um, I can't remember if he changed his name for that. Have you ever heard Andy Cole's single? I have not. I have not. <laughs> Me and my mate Michael, we 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 we, uh, <laughs> we often sing it at each other in a, in a jovial way. It was called Outstanding. I think it's a cover, but it's him sitting in the back of a limo um, sort wow. of rapping. It's it's up there with, with, with some of the worst football crossover singles. Not that we're allowed to talk about music, but yeah. But we're going to anyway, because you've, you've sparked a few wee images in my mind here about that crossover. And sometimes you think to yourself, did that happen? And then you furiously search on YouTube to find it. And, and I'm now been... thinking, I'm thinking about Ian Wright being on stage at Top of the Pops with Prince Nassim Hamid and the, bear, the pair of them were singing. Did that happen or am I making I that up? I didn't know that. I do know the, the Glenn Hoddle one happened, which is, <laughs> that that's absolutely amazing. Glenn Was Hoddle, that with Chris Waddle? Hoddle and Waddle? I've got a prime Why do I think Kevin Keegan was involved with that as well? I don't know, but I know, I know Glenn Hoddle was with a mullet and uh, it's just pure 80s out of its nut. But, uh, oh, it's good. my words. But listen, there is a connection because there is going to be a huge announcement very soon from Axom. I can't say anything at the moment because we need to speak to a few people, but it might just involve Celtic. It might just involve music. Um, I think back to the centenary year when we released the Celtic rap. Did anybody get that on a seven inch? I remember buying that at Falkirk Market that used to take place behind the Coasters Ice Coasters, Rink. Yeah. yeah. I am seven inch. Aye. It was I, a I, terrible, I, I, terrible I didn't song. have it, but I, I had it on a on a Celt- a hail hail Celtic compilation of of assorted Celtic songs, but still got it actually. Uh, it'll be ah there it's there. Wow, and the Celtic rap is on it. I think so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's on it. Uh, as is uh, Hamden in the Sun. Uh, Celtic are here, a classic. Do you remember that one? 
Celtic are here. Was that another? Celtic are here. Celtic are here. I can't believe I'm singing <laughs> on here. It's, 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 a, it's a belter. That's the CD anyway. There you go. Hail, hail Celtic. I bet you loads of folk have got that. Was that an official one, JP? Or was uh, it one of your, your kind of barras purchases? No, it's, it's on an official label, Cherry Red. Oh, no, it says at the bottom, this product is not official merchandise of Glasgow Celtic FC. So, um, but, but the Celtic rap is on it. And uh, I can only remember that, that one line, he's Frank McAvenny and you know he's going to score. It was terrible. Football, I would imagine. Oh, well, you know, that's up for interpretation. I always remember on the back of the record as well, there was pictures of them, you know, the obligatory pictures of the guys in the studio and they're all wearing, like, dreadful shell suits and all that with their, their hats sideways, which automatically makes them rappers, clearly. You know what Aye. I mean? Um, and obviously the Anfield rap that was a massive success about a year or two before that um, as well. Anyway, let us digress a wee bit. I want to bring in some of the comments coming in. Paddy Lavery, brilliant to see you as always, my friend. Afternoon all from a lovely sunny Ardoin. I'm glad it's sunny. It had to be good weather this morning because I was sitting in a traffic jam for the best part of three hours trying to get to Dalkeith because of the Royal Highland Show. So uh, is there mm. another route I can take? Because if so, I'll be taking it tomorrow. Uh, Paddy, good to see JP back. Yeah, you're always missed. People ask, what's happening with JP if you're not on? And uh, we've also got a comment coming in from Ryan Kelly. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show as well. And a wintry Australia, so you're not getting the sunshine in your part of Australia. Kookaburra, uh, thanks for joining us. And the Urban Culture, good day to all my Axon friends and enemies. Wow. Plenty of them, Jesus. <laughs> oh, and there we don't get us started. Uh, Joe, Joe Hart, yeah, he's a number one. I'm pretty sure Seagrest will be pushing for number two, talking to number twos. Uh, we need to talk about Juranovic because Monday I was being accused of jinxing it and hexing it and all that kind of stuff because you put out a podcast with all the best intentions saying, look at us, man. Celtic are approaching things differently, JP. We're not selling any of our top assets. Um, we're actually going to go into this season number two under Ange, fully equipped with the same nucleus of the team. We're not worrying about losing an Ayer or an Eddie or a Christie, as you've mentioned them. Um, somebody says to me, but we never lost any players when we were going for the 10. The player that we lost going for the 10 was Frimpong. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
if you remember. He, he left during the season as well. Juranovic, yes, as much as we love Tony Ralston, Juranovic is uh, a really uh, classy international standard player. But a, a rumour was kind of spreading through Twitter. Um, and it was started by some guy called Fabrizio Romano. But I think that Axom's kind of like trumped him because it's not came to anything, JP. What did you make of that? Coming out, I'm tongue in cheek. By the way, if you think it, I'm going to talk to for a bit, so Romano, <laughs> I, I'd love to see his uh, phone book. Uh, no, but he is. This is the thing. I was actually when I saw it, I thought, oh no, because when he says it, it normally happens. Uh, what did you make of all that? Well, I, the first thing I thought was that it was uh, it was somebody had created a fake Fabrizio Romano Twitter and just you know because it's easy done, isn't it? I mean, they could they could do that uh, with it with a. The sort of finite wee things that you can do to just, you know, make it look real. Um, but, you know, when you clicked on it, you're like, all right, that is actually Fabrizio Romano. And, you know, there's not much that he has got wrong. And as soon as you see that kind of let's go <laughs> pattern, you know that he's probably right, you know. And I don't know. I, I, he's obviously got it from somewhere and there must be interest. There, I mean, it would be crazy if there wasn't interest. He's a. Croatian international, he's had a good season, he's made an impact, he's showed what he can do on these shores. There's a probably a bit more of a spotlight on Celtic and Scottish football than there is on uh, Polish football. No mm-hmm. disrespect to Polish football. Obviously, I have Polish heritage. Um, but uh, th- th- I think, I think, yeah, I think there's, he's obviously showcased his talents here and I wouldn't be surprised if there's English clubs interested, but there's a difference between being interested and he's going to leave, you know. So that's it's a bit of a leap to get there. But again, he he doesn't tend to put things out that aren't that don't have foundation. So I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens. I mean, I, I would I've got become really fond of the guy. I think he's he's an infectious character. He looks like he's a he's a nice guy, sound guy. Mm-hmm. Again, fits in with the Ange Postecoglou signing sound folk as opposed to folk that are going to be bothered. He doesn't look like he's going to be bothered. It looked like he looks like he's enjoying it at Celtic. You know, not many other places you can go where a right back is going to get a song sang by the whole stadium. Um, and it doesn't even really feel like he's got going at Celtic yet. I mean, I know, I, I know what you mean. I agree with that. I, I, yeah. I know we've had him for a season, but it doesn't. I, I mean, it doesn't feel like it felt like he was missing for quite a while when he was missing. Yeah, and I can't even remember how long he was out, but it felt like a good few months or whatever. You know. And then when he was fit, uh, often he wasn't playing it right back because it, it would have been a scandal at that point to drop Tony Ralston. Yeah. So he, he filled in at left back. And I, I get what you mean with that. I, he's one of the guys I want to see full pre-season under his belt, JP. And mm-hmm. then, you know, getting a full run at it. Um, because I reckon he's the type of guy who could play 40 games in a season, 40, 50 games. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see how he progresses. Um, I certainly didn't want, after our um, great positivity on Monday for one of our star performance, and I think he is up in that bracket, to believe in. But we ran a, a YouTube poll during the show the following day after the Romano um, rumour and the gossip saying that because the, the quoted fee that I had seen was £15 million. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, no. When you've got a guy tied down, I think, to a four-year deal as uh, Juranovic is, uh, that's only going to increase with the international kind of standard that he's at and, and, and performing at. Um, and then you look at next season, you look at the fact that you then again, take that to another level if you have a decent Champions League campaign, if you perform individually on the Champions League stage 
for 15 million? No, I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't be accepting that. And we put it out, and I think 70% of the Celtic fans who were watching that day voted no, they wouldn't take 15 million. Mm. I mean, that, that was another thing that surprised me. And I don't know if that was just a figure plucked out of the air, JP, but I don't think we sell our star asset under these circumstances for 15. And I know Eddie and I went for roughly that, just under 15. Mm. But we were in a, a completely different scenario with those players, and the football world was still in a state of flux coming out of the pandemic, the financial situation, which obviously Celtic have, have kind of alleviated any concerns about that with a, an announcement to the stock exchange yesterday, I think it was. But at that time, I don't think Ayer was worth 14. I think he was worth more than that. And same with Eddie. Uh, but because of the timing of it, 15 million would be an absolute steal if somebody bought Juranovic for that, wouldn't it? Well, I get rubbished on here probably a year and a half, two years ago. Well, about a year and a half ago. And I said Ayer was... With you know, in my mind, based on his abilities and everything else, and what I could see, and based on the, the transfer market, was was a twenty five million pound player, and people were like, "What are you, what are you taking?" Do you know that's that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. He's been linked with a move to Everton. You're trying to say Everton are going to pay in and around that sort of money for him yeah. to get yeah. him from another Premiership club. I mean, it was. You could see the way that his career trajectory had gone, that he was going to end up being a player in, in that bracket. Whether you think he can defend or not, whether you think he's got you know, uh, a heart or not, I think he has. I think he always ran himself into the ground for, for Celtic. You, you always saw him, you know, remember him celebrating winning tackles in the box and things like that. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that I love that. So, um, but, but Juranovic at 15 million... It doesn't really fit in with the rest of the transfers we've seen. Whether or not they think it's because he's not played in the Champions League or not, and they don't, and you know the, the valuation is, is is set at, you know, I say set, you know, the, the rumored valuation is set at fifteen million. But again, it's up to you know people will start going, oh well, you know, it's the Celtic board, and what if Ange wants to keep him, and the player wants to say stay, but the Celtic board want to sell him. I mean that that's that's a, a pie in the sky scenario. We don't know what's going on. We don't know. I, I wouldn't have thought that the Celtic board would sell a player that didn't want to leave and that the manager didn't want to leave. I, I wouldn't have thought that would. I wouldn't have thought that would happen, regardless of of of, of fee at the moment. Anyway, you know the thing on Monday that that was maybe the the wider kind of conversation. JP was if this was going to happen. I mean, I never knew about Juranovic on on Monday. The, the gossip came later later in the night. Um, but if someone was to be sold for that, you know, the quick turnaround and, and profit under the gaffer's nose, it would spell absolute danger. You know, it can't happen. We've got to keep we've got to keep this team and the momentum that Ange's building together. Um, we can't annoy um, or pull the rug from under his feet at any point. There's a couple of discussion points today where that comes up again, JP. So I totally get that. If the board were to do that then, you know, the, all this focus and everything that's on Ange and the team and the positivity, the spotlight just goes like that, right back onto the board again, if they do something of that nature. So let's hope, I don't know if people are into mis- mischief making, I really don't, um, but there seems to be no substance to the rumours that came on Monday. So yeah, Axom did trump Fabrizio Romano this week, and I'm taking that one, JP. I'm going to take that one every single day of the week. Uh, we, Jimmy, Jaws was on telly last Saturday night. Still quality, yeah. One of the best. Best film of all time. It's, Unbelievable. It's my, it's my favourite film of all time. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's a scene 
it's the scene where, you know, the famous scene where he's telling the story about, you know, the sharks taking all these men out and all the rest of it, and he survived it. Unbelievable uh, cinematic moment. Absolutely and, love that film. And, and, and improvised as well, by the way. You know, Is that right? Robert, Robert Shaw had a script to do that. Came, did the, did the, did the shot, did the set, and then wasn't happy with what they, they'd done. So he came back the next day, half cut, and did the scene and did it kind of improvise, and there was just like a hushed silence in the set, and everyone just then they went cut, and everyone just went, wow, wow. okay, I, that, that's we're keeping that in. So, the go. thing is, if anybody's yeah. wondering why we're talking about Jaws, we're, we're looking at people that are kind of circling uh, Celtic at the moment, and they're almost like bloodthirsty sharks looking at all our best players. So there's your link, all right? And that's how we're speaking about Jaws. Uh, the Urban Culture. Mick Lynch must get the Paradise Windfall ah. gig. Oh, yes, Mick Lynch. He has been outstanding this weekend. I've got to say, this is personal. Everybody is uh, open to their own opinion and view on this. I completely support uh, the strike action that him and his people are taking. Uh, coming from JP, um, a family who were on strike in 1984 to 1985. Uh, my old man was a striking minor. There's actually a tremendous picture, right? And he claims it wasn't him. Because obviously there was like uh, picket action and there was the infamous battle of Orgreave. He claims this wasn't him, but I, I found this image. And I'll tell you what, right, this is my old man's double. Even the hairdo, uh, the hairdo remains the same. Let's see if I can bring it up here. This is an absolute cracker of a picture, right? I'm sure this is my old man with the blood pouring out his head. His, his spitting image, he's still got that hairdo as well. Um, never changed. A bit like me, he keeps the same hairdo for about 30 years, JP. So there you go. Yeah, solidarity with these people who are trying to, um, you know, get a better deal for the, the working class, basically. Uh, we're looking at the uh, number three position now. We've gone through number one and two, but before I go on to number three, talking to number twos, talking to uh, famous and legendary number twos, Danny McGrain, the one, the only. One of the players, JP, everybody knows his full name, Daniel Fergus McCain. McGrain, it's like Charles Patrick Tully. You know what I mean? There's certain players, James Edward McGrory, we know their full names for some reason, uh, their legendary status. Danny will be at the penalty spot this Saturday between 12 and 2 o'clock. That's in Sword Street in Glasgow. Get yourself down there, see Danny, get stuff signed and meet a living legend in Danny McGrain, who could also play left-back as well. So let's have a wee chat about left-backs because it looks as though we are in the market. The next person to uh, join the Ange Revolution will be an Argentinian, hence the jersey over your shoulder. And it looks as though Bernabe, or Bernabe, if you pronounce it that way, is on his way. What's your thoughts? Have you seen much of the player? I've, I've seen quite a lot of uh, comments from fans of his current club saying that he's he's great offensively, needs to work on his defensive play. Right. Uh, no, I, I, I haven't watched any highlights reels or anything. I, I, I kind of I stopped doing that a while ago just because we've been burned so many times uh, by, you know very well put together highlights reels of players that come and, and then, you know, I mean, you only need to look at a certain player that was on loan at another club in Glasgow uh, last season who put together a highlights reel of a draw at Dingwall. So, you know, you, you can you can make yourself look good in a highlights reel. It's what, about, it's what you do when you come to a, a new club. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he's going to be the first Argentinian 
if we do sign him. I mean, it looks like that is going to happen. I saw the video of him saying his farewells in the dressing room. Mm. Um, but it's quite surprising that he's the first Argentinian that will ever play for Celtic. It's quite a, it's quite an accolade, um, and and you know, it's it's exciting to get somebody from from that part of the world. I, I, like I say, I don't know that much about him, but it's clear we, clear we need somebody on the left hand side, especially with Scales going to Aberdeen. He's obviously not been considered mm. for the first team uh, at this point. So we'll see what, what Bernabé uh, does. Yeah, and we will talk about skills as well because I think there's a few questions to be raised there. Maybe not negatively, by the way, but uh, there's definitely a few questions to be raised in relation to what we're going to get out of that deal because um, there's no option to buy on Liam's skills. So I find that really interesting as well. James Which the Aberdeen fans were raging about. I, saw, I read their comments in the, in the tweet and they're just like, oh, developing another player for Celtic yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And they weren't happy at all. And they're like, oh, Christie all over again and all this sort of stuff. And you're like... I get that, well, by the way. I do get that. I, I, I get that frustration. Yeah. I, I know, I, I do get it. Obviously, there was then the same you know frustration from Dundee United fans who were annoyed that Seagrist was coming to Celtic to potentially effectively be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Time will tell whether or not that is the case. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Aberdeen fans weren't happy about Skills not having the option to buy because I think he probably will do all right for them. Actually, I, don't, I think he's. I think if he gets a run of games in a in a in a, in a team, like obviously it depends who else Jim Goodwin buys to supplement to complement. You know the, the 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 squad in the summer, but I think I, I I saw enough of him. I mean, he gets a lot of stick for the Bodo Glimp game. The whole team didn't play well in that game. I think it's wrong to single out Scales, especially as he was just he just came in, you know, cold into that game, like literally cold because it was freezing um, at that game and. I, I I I wish him well. Hope he does all right up there. And not, well, he can't play against us, which is another thing that they were annoyed about. <laughs> well, see, this is a big thing as well. Selfishly, because I'm only interested in Celtic. We had a few discussions last season, JP, about you know when you've got a bloated squad, get as many players out as possible to fellow Premiership teams. And I know it's easier said than done, but if that is kind of your remit and you're part of the recruitment. Um, team at Celtic in terms of dealing with players that are going to be loaned out, then you should be pushing for that because it's an absolute win-win for Celtic. I mean, you are strengthening an opponent against your rivals. You're not strengthening them against yourselves. And, Mm. you know, it could be something as simple as half a dozen players, because we do have a surplus of players, right? Half a dozen players playing for Motherwell or Aberdeen, Hibs, etc., etc. And I know their fans might think, well, why do we want your dregs? I'm not that interested in that. You know, Liam Scales will probably play, I think, regularly from what I've seen in that Aberdeen side because, I mean, there weren't any great shakes last season, JP. Um, and, I, and I'm liking the fact, and I've spoken about the loan system and how we're probably using it to our advantage more than we have in the past in terms of bringing players in. And I think we can also do that with putting players out. Strengthen other teams who might, they might score a winner. They might have a man of the match performance. You know, you might put a goalkeeper out uh, to another uh, Premiership team and he has a man of the match performance against Rangers one week. You know what? So I, I like the idea of doing that. Celtic seem to be in control of these deals. Montgomery was the other one that went to Aberdeen, wasn't it? He went to Aberdeen and he's What's come back. Shaw? Shaw um, Motherwell. I mean, he was at Motherwell. I've, I've not heard anything about him coming back. Or, I mean, he must be back at Celtic now, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, all the talk seems to have been about Uruguay. Uh We seem to kind of like 
put the two guys in the same category because they came in from Sheffield Wednesday at the same time. Mm. And uh, obviously we've been trying to get that deal done uh, to send them off to uh, Belgium. But Shaw, I mean, the reports I got from somebody who contributes to uh, another show on the channel, who's a Motherwell fan, is that he, he was he was decent and she would have been pretty happy to keep him. Mm. Uh, whether or not that happens, I'm not so sure because he's not going to be playing for Celtic next season. Um, Shaw, you know, and, and there's a few others in that bracket as well who I think we will we will chat about. Patrick McLaughlin, um, also talking about Argentina, it brought to mind um, one of the best Argentina moments in Scottish football, almost. And it was when Dunfermline Athletic brought in Maradona's son on trial. I don't know if you remember this, right? Maradona's son came to Dunfermline Athletic and he was training down at Petrivi, training pitches, and there was a whole furore around the fact that we're going to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to give him the number 10 jersey and all this kind of stuff JP it was just like a proper marketing uh, dream for the, for the pars and uh, he ended up I think you know, going to a Spanish 5th division side or something but the pars were very close to bringing in Maradona's boy just so they could tap into the, the name um, I mean if they had, had a, a light blue and white striped away jersey I'm pretty sure they'd have sold a few, a few uh, copies of that as well. We've got um, Patrick McLaughlin coming in. Do you think once we piece the jigsaw together, there will be one more big marquee signing at six million plus or is Jota and Carla Vickers it for the big signings? I'm bringing this up because I think um, it's something that we have been talking about. Um, I don't know how confident you are at the moment, JP, that Jota is going to sign permanently. But if he does, then you're looking at two big or marquee signings um, uh, coming into the, the club in the same window. I mean, two massive signings, six to six and a half million pound each with, with add-ons as well. And we asked the question a few weeks back, will the board spend something like 25 million or will we bring in the likes of Seagrest, free agent, and maybe a couple of loan players because we've used the loan market better? Or do you see us actually going out on a limb and bringing in another big marquee signing if we get Jota? I mean, well, my mate Ryan is, uh, is 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 obviously quite confident that Jota's going to sign because uh, he's got him on the back of the new black away top. <laughs> he's got his name and number on the back, so he sent me a picture of it yesterday saying, "Oh, I've jinxed it," and I was like, "Nah, nah, no, no chance. He's surely going to sign." Um, I mean, every single day it's just like there's a new news outlet posting saying that. The Jota deal is on the there's just a few more things to get finalised. It's like, right, okay, surely it's gonna it's gonna happen. If it doesn't happen, it would, it would that be absolutely wild? I think if he did, it's pretty devastating. Day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it would be a really really strange turn of events to suddenly see him either back at Benfica or paraded in front of another uh, press conference with a new a new team strip or whatever signing for somebody else. I just. I don't really see that happening, but I mean, obviously, we've seen that happen many times before. 1989 being the the, the, <laughs> the prime example. I don't think there's any danger of him, you know, uh, heading over to Edmiston Drive at any time soon. But um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've obviously been burned at the at the last minute a few times with signings. I mean, were we not almost signing Petrich at one point? Gordon That's right. Petrich, and then, that happened a few times. Even Alan McLaren. Yeah. I remember yeah. when McLaren signed for Rangers from Hearts. Um, there were a few, there were a few, but as you say, the one that cut the deepest was—I'm um, not going to say what I was going to call him. 
Le Petit Merde, because we're going to we're going to have a French theme very soon on this show. Uh, so yeah, let's call him that. That was the not the view title that they gave him, wasn't it? I know. It? I think I think with regards to the big signings, I mean, Postecoglou has said that he understands the model of Celtic. He understands the signing strategy. He knows that, and I don't think he expects to be able to go out and just blow five, six million on every position. I think if a player becomes available that he strongly feels will fit the system, you kind of get the feeling that they would probably push the boat out for him. Mm -hmm. But it's not a case of like, oh, we have to sign players of that level all the time because he's proved in the transfer market that he can get players you know, Juranovic was what, 2.7 million? Yeah. Yep. You know, so that that alone is a is a, a key uh, yeah, a key sort of you know, indicator of the players he can sign of a certain level that, you know, he trusts and, and knows will fit into the system so I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too. I mean, we've seen we've seen us spend big money on players before that haven't worked. I think we spent five million on a Yeti and five million on Barkas. That those 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 transfer fees, whilst looking good at the time, and you're like, oh wow, we spent five million on two, five million each on two players. I mean, now everybody's just like relieved that Barkas had gone, and I really hope Barkas does well. You checked, by the way. I I hope he makes a lot of people eat their words a bit because I don't think he's that bad the keeper I really can't I'm not saying I wanted him to stay because I think psychologically at Celtic it, it was never going to work after last season it was just two or well, two seasons ago it was just too damaging but I don't I really don't think all this hologram hands and poppadom hands and cabbage hands patter it's just become like a, a it was a pylon really in the end with Barkas and you we, know, don't like, we do not like pylons. No, like no. Pylons. You had the occasional person that was going like, oh, well, you know, just didn't work out, all the best big man and all that. But then there was like about, you know, 10, 15 other folk going, thank God, you know, gives me nightmares and all that. And like, the guy doesn't give me nightmares. I mean, I don't have nightmares about Barkas because of his performances for Celtic because we didn't see him enough to have nightmares about him. He only played about... 20 games, 18, mm. 20 games or something like that. So it's it's not as if he had this like really long run in the team and was consistently terrible, you know. I, I just, I think it was a bit over the top. So I, I just look at the fees um, and we're not even looking at the, the wages at this point and, and the two transfer fees that you mentioned for Barkas and Ajeti, um, you know, it's equivalent to about roughly 20,000 season tickets and the work mm. that it takes to, to actually get 20,000 guys and girls dedicating their money to a season ticket times 20,000 mm. and we've just we've basically wasted that because we're not going to get the money back we might get something back if he plays well for Utrecht we mm. might get something but I think in order to get something for a Yeti we're going to have to do that loan with an option to buy so he can go and prove himself somewhere else mm. it's about the only way we'll recoup, recoup anything uh, for any of those two players um, Tosh the Coglu Junior Malone one of the best names on YouTube. Never mind Jota, is Jim on the Mora? Jim is having a well-deserved break after his exploits with Bendit Lake Bertie. I think there was 15 or 16 dates on the tour. And the guy's an absolute perfectionist as well, JP. So he worked so himself really hard. I'm so gutted I didn't make it. And I'll give on-air apologies to Jim. But uh, June has been a busy month for me work-wise. And every time I was like... Can I go to that date? No, I can't. I'm working a gig. Can I go to that date? No, I can't. I'm working a gig. And it just, 
you know, I actually started looking into going further afield, you know, mm-hmm. if it was possible. But it was just with the with the, the trains and everything like that at the moment, I was like, nah, I'm going to have to admit defeat. So hopefully it comes back and does a, a couple of nights at a bigger venue in Glasgow or something. Because it seems the the feedback online and everything seemed really great. And I, I thought that was cool how uh, Des McLean got the, the, the blazer. Oh, no. That was a nice uh, touch. It's just yeah. class, absolute class. But mm. they guys and the people around them are class. I'll get onto that in a wee minute with regards to uh, the fact that we need to wish... Willie Wallace, a happy 82nd birthday today. I mean, wow. we need to really um, remember all of these uh, players from that era who are still with us. So a big happy birthday to Wispy, as he used to be called, uh, who came in as Celtic's record signing. We're talking about signing players. 30 grand, Jockstein signed them for £30,000 for, for Willie Wallace from Hearts. He was an excellent signing. He is, of course, um, a Lisbon Lion. And it put me in mind, JP, um, Stop listening to Axon because he keeps name dropping all the players he thinks he knows. That was a wee bit of feedback I got during the week, so thanks yeah. very much for that. Cheers uh, on Twitter. And, positivity. Uh, positivity. positivity. <laughs> I'm sitting there last night and somebody tweeted me last night. Thank you very much, Alan McGrain. Tweeted me to say, oh, by the way, I see uh, Celtic Smellers on tonight. And I never even knew that it was on. That's a documentary uh, about Neely Mocking, and it was on the telly last night. And that was bizarre. JP, right? It was bizarre because we made that film back in 2015 and we interviewed something like maybe 25 XLs and it's everybody. We, we interviewed players from every decade that nearly was at Celtic. So from the 50s, we spoke to people like Mike Jackson uh, and Big John Fallon, of course, who was at Celtic in the 50s. From the 60s, we spoke to people like Stevie Chalmers and uh, Tommy Callaghan and Bobby Lennox. Davy Hay from the 70s and it went through right through to the 90s where we spoke to Frank McAvenny and, and Andy Walker and all that and obviously for a for a Celtic fan to be in the company of these people JP was just like a dream come true you're sitting there like you know the cat that got the cream every time you meet one of these guys and you're actually interviewing them and it was just tremendous and then you're really involved in the promotion and the, the launch and all that you don't actually get a chance to sit down and enjoy it and actually sit and watch the film um, and then we had like a, a, a premiere in Glasgow down at the Admiral one night. And again, you're that concerned with everything that's happening that you don't get a chance to watch it. So last night, potentially, potentially was the first time I've watched it all the way through. And it was weird because it was on the telly with adverts and all that. And you're thinking, wow, you know, my big, my big forehead. That, that's another thing that came to light last week. My big forehead on the big screen. Superb. <laughs> and anyway, I thought... I better mention it because I didn't know it was going to be on last night and it was and it was a privilege to be involved in that and if you haven't seen it all you need to do right is uh, go to YouTube type in Celtics Smiler and it is up there for free the full film is up there for free on somebody's page and you can watch it and it's it's a great it's a great wee walk down memory lane for a Celtic icon um, and if you want to help us out with that get on to IMDB and give us a rating because at the minute it's sitting at 7.4 I think Jaws is sitting at 8.6 so we're not as good as Jaws yet but we're working on, we're working on it JP <laughs> I know I, I've not seen it myself but I, I, you know how dare you as a Celtic fan put together a, a documentary of, uh, <laughs> of of such of uh of such quality that gets you know screened on a on a, on a Sky Channel, you know how how dare you do that? You know it's just you know a, a despicable thing to be doing as a Celtic fan, and uh, yeah, 
It's attention. It's all about attention. Strangely enough, before it started, right, this this is definitely a, a left field diversion here. There was a documentary on about the guy who was obsessed with Bjork, and I vaguely remember that back in the nineties, JP. But I never really mm. read up on it. By the way, you should watch that. That was bizarre. David Bradley, one good game I have seen him play, Paul. He's offering us nothing. I think that's about Bain. I think that's about Scott okay. Bain. Mm. Um, and the one good game I remember, certainly, was that game against Rangers. Uh, Gary Oliver comes in on the YouTube channel. Seagrist will push Hart for games this year. I hope he does. I mean, that I, I think that's healthy. Hart's at that stage of his career. I know he's a total professional, but... You know, when you've got that, that other goalkeeper breathing down your, your neck all the time, JP, it could well give you another boost uh, to keep you going for another season or two. Uh, we've got Paul McLean coming in. Welcome to the show. A central defensive mid. And that's all the boxes ticked for me. Um, anyone see Gio go for Greece? Was that the header? We still talk about that or has he scored again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the presentation in his village? I know. Brilliant. That was amazing. Like that was proper, proper amazing. His granddad presenting it. Aye, uh, I love Greece. I, I go there as much as I possibly can. I actually love it. I don't know why. And I went to a place called Heraklion, which is where Samaras was born. Aye. And so every shop you go in, every bar you go in, every taxi driver, you just talk to him about Samaras, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they'll tell you he was very, very lazy, but he turned up for the big games. And I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's they He's talking about Greece, honestly, it turns up for oh, the right. big games. I'm like, wow, absolutely. Let's talk about Celtic. Uh, but I, I was a big Sammy fan, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him a dig. Absolutely not. Uh Paul Cook, afternoon guys. Wow, Thursday already. Nice to see JP back. Love the positivity on the JP front as well. We've been talking about the defensive sit, sit, uh, situation rather, setup. Um Chris Julian. I don't know if he's been talking because I never saw a quote. JP and I always look for direct quotes but there was a story that broke that he's going to stay and stick around and fight for his place uh, the big question I would ask is um, at his best and we know that might not be possible you and I covered it on the United game where he was injured way back two Novembers ago um, would he get into the team? Would he get a game in between uh, Starfelt and Carter Vickers? Uh, well, not. I think everybody was of the mind that if Carter Vickers didn't sign then you know, there would be more of an opportunity for Julian, but how could you possibly break up such a... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, a successful parent at the back who had the best defensive record in the league. I mean, I don't think there's any way that surely Julian could have thought that he could have come just straight back from injury and play his way into a side that was, you know, on a roll, was a was a winning machine, you know, didn't really drop points barely at all after after September. You know, it was it was it was minimal. It was like what Saint Mirren and Hibs mm. of the. 
are the two really ones that I can remember. Everything else was was were wins. Um, so you know he and obviously Dundee United the last day of the season, but that was you know uh, mathematical at that point. But I don't think I don't if he was bumping his gums about not getting more of an opportunity, then I would be a bit concerned about his attitude. But there's no say there's nothing to say that he was other than everyone's you know picking up of his body language at the the trophy celebration, but. That I was thinking about that recently. That could just as easily be somebody that felt a bit sheepish, you know, because you hadn't really contributed. Mm. You know, it's it would be quite weird to be part of these big celebrations when you've played what fifteen minutes of football. Well, you know, what's the alternative? Doing a compare. I mean, where, where, where do you go on one end of the scale? You've got compare bouncing about, you know, because he's won a treble, like he was <laughs> part of it. And then on, on the other side, you've got Julian, maybe like you say, thinking. God, I wish I was part of it. Yeah, yeah, and it would be. I mean, it would be, it would be a reminder to him of the fact that he's been out injured for such a long period of time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that is a long period of time for a footballer. I would have thought it'd be terrible to be out for that length of time and not be able to contribute. And you know, it was just as well we, we won the league and we were doing well because otherwise he would have probably felt, oh, I could have done something to help the help the team, but. If, if he wants to stay and the manager wants him to stay, I've got no issue with that. You know, it's the exact same as Juranovic. If Juranovic wants to... St- I mean, that's the other big thing. If Juranovic does want to leave, then it's about getting the best fee for him, mm. uh, unfortunately. Because, as we've seen before, we don't want to keep players that don't want to be at the club because it causes problems. And, it, yeah. and it, if you've already got other problems, i.e., Folk going down with COVID and you know uh, all all sorts of other, the no fans and everything else. You know to have then two or three players in that dressing room that don't want to be there. You you don't want that causing issues. So uh, there's no point in keeping somebody, no matter how much of a fan's favourite he is. If behind closed doors he's intimated that he wants to leave, then I was going to say that earlier on. Then then there's there's nothing really we we could and should be doing other than getting the best fee. I would have thought that. But Julian's got a year left in his deal, so, I mean, it might just be that he stays for another season and, and, and is, you know, I, I don't think he's bad backup to have, you know, and or there's no way we'll be so fortunate to go through a season without one of the two of those guys getting injured or picking up a suspension or something. And then it's about what Julian does if he gets an in and he's fit and he gets an in, then what he does at that point. Yeah, I agree with that because if I think about Julian and Welsh as backups, I'm pretty mm. happy with that. And I know some people say, you know, Welsh, we need an upgrade. As a backup, seriously, I think, you know, I'd much rather a Stephen Welsh than play near Beton out of position, which won't be happening next season, thankfully. But you're right about just that one bad influence. It is where the bad apple saying comes from. You get a bit of rotten fruit, stick it in a fruit bowl with fresh fruit and it spreads and mm. that's exactly what happens and you know there was rumours that uh, that happened in, in Lenny's last season about you know cliques developing and all that kind of stuff we've seen it at football clubs before um, so if someone's not happy I, I, I go back to something I remember Tommy Burns saying and it was actually around the John Collins um, departure where he says I only want players here who want to play for Celtic it doesn't matter how good they are because I was a massive Collins fan I thought he was brilliant back then And um, but if you don't want to play for the club it's time to go and actually now that I've mentioned Burns and we're talking about marquee signings and not always working remember the changing dynamic when we brought De Canio to Celtic now politics aside in terms of the player and the entertainment value and all that a very very talented footballer 
JP, but he didn't play for a successful, (laughs) easy for me to say, a successful Celtic side. Mm. He came into a side that had gone through an entire league campaign and only lost one game to Rangers 2-0 at Celtic Park. Alec Clelland and Paul Gascoigne scoring the goals, temporary stands and all that kind of stuff. And and that was the only game we lost that season. The following season wasn't as memorable and that was the season that Di Canio came in. So Mm. sometimes you, you add someone to a team and the whole dynamic changes. Whereas I think if you look at the signing policy that, that Andrew's had so far, right, we've had a couple of four to four and a half million pound buys in Starfield and Kyogo. Mm-hmm. We've then had um, Juranovic under three million and then a whole load of players under two million from, from Hart to Hatate to Maeda and O'Reilly. And, you know, so I think that the way he's going about his business, um, the only reason we're calling Carter Vickers a marquee signing is because what he'd done last season. It was signed him a year ago on a permanent. He wouldn't be a marquee signing. He'd be a, a Tottenham reserve, you know? So mm. I, I'm pretty chuffed with the way that Ange has uh, approached the transfers and um, long may it continue. Uh, if no one, is no one worried about watching Hart Seagrass juggle the ball around their own box while trying to play passes with Starfield and CCV? That was one of the, the small things last season that continually got me concerned was... Joe Hart's tendency to hold on to the ball too long when he had it at his feet. There's a couple of moments where he, he plays a blinder, but it's heart and mouth moments quite a bit. And yeah, I'm a wee bit concerned about it, and I hope it is something we can eradicate. Um, and if Seagrass comes in, um, hopefully we don't have a repeat of that as well. There's a lot of goalkeepers, if you try and change the style of play, JP, it can sometimes affect them um, with, their, with the ball at their feet, particularly Ryan Kelly, Glad I'm not alone in thinking Bain is all right. He agrees with you, JP. I still think it'll be difficult to get game time now, though, especially since Big Benji is in the door. I also think that um, this time next season we might be looking at the situation completely differently. A a year on, you know, Hart's getting that wee bit older. Um, So it's it's going to be interesting to have two top-quality goalies um, in the squad. Now, I said earlier on, that we might have a, a French theme. What was I talking about, JP? What was I talking about? How is your French, anyway? Pas mal, pas mal. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, I did live there for six months when I was a student, and uh, my mum uh, had me speaking French probably before English, actually, because she was uh, a, a, a Francophile. Um, but uh, I've not had too much opportunity to practice it of late. Um, I was in Nice in the summer of the pan- the first year of the pandemic. And that was kind of strange to go back there and see everyone wearing masks and social distancing. Mm-hmm. It was like a proper reminder that it was, wasn't it just in Glasgow? Do you know what I mean? It was, it was all over the world. So, uh, yeah. Yep. yeah, but I, 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 France is uh, one of my favourite, favourite countries and been glad to visit there with Celtic a couple of times, Paris Saint-Germain and, and Rennes. Uh, and Leon actually as well the night that Larson broke his leg unfortunately uh, well it was it was a great trip but that was a, a very very horrible uh, blot on the trip um, mm, really definitely. really um, stayed, in, stayed in Hotel Celtic would you believe it uh, in, in Leon Nick Wood the guy uh, that runs the Heriot Watt or that, that ran Heriot Watt still does effectively JP has dropped out for a moment and hopefully his signal will return and he will be back on the screen ASAP. Thanks everybody for getting involved. The reason we are talking about France and I'll let uh, JP do the pronunciation of Don't Leave Me, which was a 1959 song by Belgian singer-songwriter Jack Brel. 
Uh, there is a Celtic connection, so hopefully once JP comes back in, we can get that Celtic connection. It would be wrong in me to um, actually steal his thunder because it is JP's story and hopefully we will get him back in and he can tell you what is the Celtic connection um, with Jack Brell. Uh, can anybody guess? I couldn't, but I'm delighted that he shared it with me as well. I'm running solo for the next uh, 10 minutes unless JP comes back in to join me. So what do you think about the discussion points so far in relation to uh, our new goalkeeper, Segrist? Is he going to push Joe Hart for the number one jersey next season? How healthy is that competition? What did you think about the rumours when Juranovic was rumoured to be getting interest from Premiership sides down south? Is it about time we announced Jota and if we do would you be happy with Jota and CCV uh, being the two permanent signings coming in Michael McDonald you have obviously never heard me singing my man but uh, thank you for that anyway uh, there we go how do you pronounce it though Pete McGee Ah, my French isn't great Um, and also we've been speaking about our left back situation where um, Alexandro Bernabe may be coming in as the next signing they're talking about uh, medicals Celtic do their business privately I would expect him just to be announced, JP is coming in to save my skin uh, because he speaks much better French than me, what I was going to say about French though or France, <laughs> or France rather, is um, you know how sometimes you've got this kind of like bucket list or, or a wish list, JP, people you would love to interview, um, because that's my thing. I love interviewing people, and uh, Cantona is on that list. Eric oh. Cantona would be on my my list. I used to love uh, Ginola, even though he gave us the, the, the knockback when he almost signed for Celtic, which gave us that famous, can he do it, and I'll wait Tuesday night at Brockville quote from Fergus McCann. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. You are going to link in this famous song. First of all, can you pronounce or can you translate Don't Leave Me to French? Namakita pa. There you go. This is a well-known song. I've got to say, culturally, I have been devoid of any knowledge until you have enlightened me. How can you connect that to Celtic, JP? Well, uh, I was in the middle of, before I cut off there, I was in the middle of talking about uh, the Nick Wood and the Heriot Watt Edinburgh University's Celtic Supporters Club, a mouthful of a Celtic support of a CSC, if ever there was one, but that's the bus I used to get on from Edinburgh when I was a... A uh, student in at Napier, uh, myself and my friend Michael joined this supporters club. And but I was just saying, I'll finish that off. Nick told us on the way to Leon that we were staying in Hotel Celtic. He'd booked us into Hotel Celtic, and I couldn't believe it when we actually arrived at the, at the front door and above the hotel, Hotel Celtic. I was like, no, no way. Um, a, a stroke of genius from Nick. Uh, I've got a picture of it. I'll uh, I'll post it afterwards, but. But yeah, that supporters club met some really, really great people, um, and and still keep in touch with them. Still see a lot of them at the games. There's 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 people that go home and away uh, still, uh, like say Vicky McQueen, uh, Lesia, and uh, Holly. There's a there's a bunch of folk that you if you're a, if you're a regular away games, uh, you would see these these folk. They're always sitting together. Uh, they always get tickets together and stuff. But there was a guy, Brendan McGeever, who is from a, a family of brothers, Brendan, Jamie, and, and Daniel. And um, by the way, Daniel got back to me, said he'd be, he'd love to do it. Um, uh, a Superb session. So, um, 
So he so Brendan messaged me last week and just said, uh, "Really enjoy watching you on Axom. Uh, here's a link. I managed to get. I managed to squeeze Paul McStay into a conversation about the song Nimakita Pa by Jack Brell, and and I listened to the link and and, and it was just a, it was an amazing story. Which again should probably post the link and reply to the to the Twitter post today so that people can hear it. But what he, t- he said that what what, how he managed to get Paul McStay in was when Paul McStay was rumoured to be leaving Celtic and people of a certain vintage will remember this and the chat was that he was that he was going that, that summer and uh, did he throw his top into the crowd? I, I, I mean, I, I think I was maybe, I, I def- definitely wasn't a season ticket holder, not many people were in 1992 was it? 92? It would have been 92, yeah Yeah, so uh, I remember. I remember before I say what Brendan uh, experienced. I remember being on holiday in Tenerife, and I had a pair of Celtic shorts on. And the guy next to me was listening to a radio, and he said to me, "Wee man, Paul McStay signed a new deal." And I, I went, but I remember going bananas and running into the sea and celebrating because Paul McStay was staying. And it's a vivid, vivid memory because I mean, Paul McStay was head and shoulders the best player at Celtic you know like could could easily have played at a higher level and you know some might say he should have but I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because he's a Celtic legend as a result but um, but Brendan was watching the highlights of, of, of a sports scene or whatever and they they put together a compilation of McStay's finest Celtic moments and soundtracked it with a uh, Dusty Springfield's uh, version of um, Namikita Pa in English and he just says he was eight years old and he describes on this programme how it emotionally affected them because mm-hmm. you know he'd never heard that song before and just the music and the footage of McStay you know pirouetting around the football pitch uh, spreading you know his usual kind of unbelievable passes all over the pitch the maestro as he was um, and that song stuck with him and then he goes on to talk about what he did with that song later in life with regards to uh, romancing his now wife uh, Caroline and uh, it's just a really nice really nice story and uh, I just wanted to mention it because uh, Brendan's a great guy so is, his, so is his brothers and then you you had a mad <laughs> completely ridiculous uh, conversation with his older brother having had no connection I know to- to, to this or me or anything it's weird uh, we were chatting the other night JP and you were telling me the story and, and uh, I said you're not going to believe this but I've had a discussion with Jamie McGeever the brother um, a few years back because we were brought up in the same village in the mining villages and um, I couldn't believe that you know I'd already discussed Celtic and Axom uh, with one of the McGeever brothers and uh, there we have it you knew them and um, bizarre so we were bringing that story up but I'm just actually scrolling through. There we go. I found it. I thought it would be in there. This is uh, Celtic Wiki picks page for Paul McStay. I'm going to bring this up because this is a picture of him throwing the jersey into the crowd, right? You can always rely on the wiki. Love the Celtic Wiki. Great job, everybody. Um, so that's the, the picture there in the middle, JP, mm. where he's throwing the jersey into the crowds. He's just throwing it into the, the jungle. He's throwing it into the jungle. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe there was a Celtic View feature later on where the guy who got the jerseys getting interviewed and all the rest of it. Uh, but before we get on to the jersey, I'm just going to answer a, a, 
comment coming in from a, a long-standing contributor to the show. Uh, Feed the Bear, welcome back. Great to see you, sir. Um, and you are talking about someone who has been banned from commenting on a Celtic state of mind. And I'm going to bring it up just to put it into context, because Studs mentions it as well, fine sentiments feed. Yeah, there are fine sentiments that we all need to stick together, and I totally agree with that. But we need to ensure, or I have a responsibility, that if anybody, any of the Axon contributors are being abused in the comments section, and that abuse goes to the point where it's unacceptable, then I need to take action, and I need to protect the Axon contributors. Uh, without giving you the the exact comment that was made, it was unacceptable, and unfortunately, uh, I've got to protect the contributors on Axon. So I've had to uh, do that, but I mean, I've spoken to Monty uh, directly via email, not since this event. I don't have an issue uh, with anybody who comments on this. I thank everybody for their support. But at the same time, I need to ensure that the people in Axom are safe. It's not nice to be abused. Um, I've had it in, in spades uh, fairly recently as well. So, yeah, we do need to stick together. I totally agree with that sentiment. However, if somebody's been abused on here, I've also got to protect them. So let's move on to the actual jersey that Paul McStay threw in or that style of jersey that he threw into the crowd, JP, because I guess this is just a bit of serendipity, but you actually came across that jersey this week. You've got one of the jerseys, haven't you? I have. I, it was a, it was a bit of a, a, a late-night frivolous purchase on eBay, but um, I, I had that top when I was younger with the people sponsor, um, and I think, I think that was... I either gave that one to one of my neighbours... And I think it was Paul Wilkins. So if you're watching Paul and you still have that top, uh, you know it's it's probably worth a fortune. Um, but I, I managed to get this this actual top, and it's without the sponsor, quote. without the sponsor, and it's in mint condition. And like, uh, to have it again, like you know, obviously it's been like <laughs> twenty twenty eight years or something, twenty maybe even thirty years actually. Ah, yeah, this is thirty years since I since I had that top, which is terrifying. Uh, to have it again in really really great condition, no bobbles, badges in good nick. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I was absolutely delighted. So it's another another one for the for the collection. Um, a, it is a belter. Uh, what I remember about it, JP, it was at the time where um, that and the away jersey had this strange badge. It was like a velvety. Um, texture on the front but it was mm. like a bit of sandpaper on the back so mm -hmm. you almost had to wear a t-shirt under it to protect your body parts from bleeding it was uh, particularly if you're out for a jog um, which back in those days I did on a regular basis far more regularly than I do now uh, JP it's been brilliant uh, once again we got through about a quarter of the things we were going to speak about but I'm sure everybody enjoyed it um, as I say let's make sure that we do stick together as Celtic fans because positivity is key uh, we're going to keep doing what we do on a Celtic state of mind join us on a daily basis get subscribing on the YouTube channel as I said earlier I can't give too much info away we've got a massive announcement coming up for the charity weekend that's going to burst our fundraising through the £100,000 mark JP this Christmas I'm sure it will um, quite an original idea and I cannot wait to get stuck in about that as well thanks everybody for getting involved and thank you to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of mind. Just Paul.
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.